It's the lowdown on Sports 1440. There's no damn way that you would know the lyrics to that song. First 100 times you heard it, unless you read them on online. Hell of a lyric. Hell of a lyric, folks. The lowdown is driven by Wolf GMC Buick. Hurry in for GMC's Joy to the Ride event. No payments for 90 days on every new in-stock 2023 GMC and Buick. Ask for details. Plus, get up to $4,000 in Christmas cash. Sorry about that. I had to clear my throat. The heck's going on? I blame Declan. Good show today, Rob, from The Juice. We're really, you know, people are starting to get to know the show a lot better. Soon, they'll know our name. Low Tide, we read it on the record jacket. I can't remember. That was Exile. Exile had a bunch of, like, little photos of circus freaks and things, as I recall. Can I say freaks? Yeah, I think that was fine. All right. Never sure if I... I remember when I was a kid, my dad laughed at George Carlin on the Ed Sullivan show. He was doing... He did used to do a thing called Hippy Dippy Weatherman. And as part of that, he also did, read the news. He'd come on and he'd have a suit and a tie and long, slick black hair with a ponytail. Uh, this is Carlin in the 60s. And he said, uh, my dad laughed so hard at this joke, I've always remembered it because of that. He said, uh, there was a freak accident out on the highway. Three freaks in a van who two freaks in a pickup. God, that was so funny. I mean, not now, but when, when George Carlin did it. Um Tied, maybe the orders started Picard because the orders will face New Jersey and New York on a back-to-back in two weeks, assuming he'll get the start versus New Jersey then as well from Coach Mike. It could be. I, I, I said in the blog yesterday morning that I thought he had earned another start, and now he sure has. It's a matter of when. I, don't, I would, I would start Skinner against Chicago. You want now that you're three and zero, you want to be six and zero. And if you end up five and one, you'll accept that. But four and two would be disappointing. You need to really run this right up the gut. Pardon my French. Good Branson, top five toughest in the league. Cousins really tough, but should not fight Good Branson. Officiating was so bad, they should control this crap. Kane should have got five in a game for his hit from Brian S. I cannot read what you wrote, Montario. I'm sorry, Ontario. I'm sorry. Uh, also, the Otis gave have to go four and two of the very least to finish this homestand. Well, I think that four and two would be a little bit disappointing. There's fever in the funk house now. Yes, that's what they say. There's one song on Exile, um, the Rocks Off. We're not going to talk about that, but there's there's uh, there's um, um, Chasing shadow, Shadows, Moonlight Mystery, which is a really good line. And then there's a Flush In, Flush Out, and then that part is also a really good line. They could write lyrics. They're very good. It's just that you couldn't understand them. Finally, after two years of whining, they've taken McDavid off the penalty killing unit. About time. Oh, Rachel said thanks, Rob, at the end of the interview. Bless her heart. Good interview from the Juice. I did not hear that. That's the good thing about me is that I don't hear stuff. By the way, Rachel will be on every Monday at 1240. Sooner or later, she'll get my name right. And it's hard because it's low tide and it's Al and it's, you know, Declan screws everything up with his crazy name. Rachel may not know your name, but she sure knows her stuff. Good guest from PETA. I know. She's very good. 
winning the draw is the most important thing in your defensive zone from Pat. Actually, uh, Tyler Dello did a thing on that years ago, and it, it is important for the first like five seconds or whatever, but it is not as important as you think it is. Um, I was surprised. I argued that for many years, but the numbers, numbers show. LT, what is her name? Love everything she's saying. Rachel Dory. And if you're online, you should follow her because she is a very active uh, Twitter or X uh, poster person. And like preparing for the interviews is really easy because she's so interesting. I just take five things that she's mentioned over the week and talk about it. She's at Rachel Dory, R-A-C-H-E-L. Dory is D-O-E-R-R-I-E. Rachel Dory. And fascinating individual. And we're glad to have her uh, on the show. It's hilarious. Uh, is listening to somebody from Toronto try to defend how everyone outside Toronto sees Toronto, but they're first ones to insult Edmonton, Winnipeg, or Calgary. Well, I like I always have fun with Toronto because Toronto is um, like a really big city, and yes, they are Toronto centric, and there's no doubt about that. But what what I find interesting is there are things about Toronto that if you ask a Torontonian about. They'll, they'll just chime right in, but you've got to pick the right spots. They, they're not completely unaware about what their city is and is not. For instance, if you ask about Toronto Transit, the, the, the eyes will roll and they'll tell you stories or, or like how, uh, cyclists are treated in Toronto or why isn't the Buttonville airport bigger or, um, I don't know. There's lots of, where's, where's Don Mills? Do you remember when you were a kid and they'd say, uh, Kraft would say, send the, you, the, 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 uh, cut this out of the cardboard box on the back of the, the Kraft slices and send it to Don Mills, Ontario or close facsimile to Don Mills. Where is Don Mills? I don't know where it is, but as Rachel said, the airport is in Mississauga, I think she said. So it's not all Toronto. And I will say that Toronto is a beautiful city. The Hall of Fame, if you ever go, go to the Hockey Hall of Fame. It's wonderful. I was, at, I mentioned this yesterday or the day before. I was at Gretzky's uh, years ago, and we were all sitting there. It was part of a group. I'm sitting there. We're having beers, and we're going to eat, and it's all fun, and we're having a wonderful time. And I'm like, I should be just walking along here. It's so beautiful. Right along the water, just gorgeous. Really, really nice. Vancouver is also really nice. If, you, if you've ever been in Vancouver, like after 5 o'clock on any evening, Everybody, they just all walk down to English Bay. It's like they're going to the sea. Like, it is so beautiful there. And after supper, everybody, nobody turns the TV on. And nobody goes out in Vancouver until about 11 o'clock or midnight. So everybody's down at English Bay. It's very nice. How long is Rob on holidays? Well, he's been off for a while now. Cup year, low tide, cup year. Well, we'll see. Bear couldn't play in Edmonton, where our defense was weak, and now he's a top four D-man. Good luck with that. Bear's problem was that I think it was Todd McClellan. Yeah, got mad at him, and he got they, like he played nurse. He, it was him and the veteran defenseman. I can't remember his name right now, and I apologize for that. He just benched them, and then he played the hell out of nurse. That you know, I I think Todd McClellan's a very good coach, and he's proving that in L.A. and he proved that here. 
And I think that, that Dave Tippett is a good coach, and I think Jay Woodcroft is a good coach, and I think that Chris Knobloch is a good coach. But they're not, they're not absolutely correct on everything. And the usage and deployment of Ethan Bear was poor. He was, he had a couple of really bad moments. That happens with young defensemen. They don't develop in a straight line. You have to live through that. You have to develop through that. Now, Bear's had some injuries, and that has impacted his career. Totally random question, but do you think the NHL ever goes back to a one-ref system? What I'd like to know is how many players like having that many officials on the ice. Because there's not a lot of room out there. And I, like, I remember Ryan Smith getting mad at referees a lot because they were in the way. I, 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 I'm not the person to ask about that. Le Grand Orange, yes, Rusty Staub was my favorite player. When I was a kid, he sponsored two things in Canada, Orange Crush, and I bought it whenever I could afford it because of him. And uh, he was, I think it was CIBC, and I had, my first bank account was CIBC because of Rusty Staub. I worked for my grandpa, and he gave me like $7 or something, and I put it in the bank. It's probably still there. I, I likely forgot about it. Did you ever do that? Did you ever start an account and then you move away or whatever and then you forget about it and it's still there? No. No, I have uh, the same bank I've been with since I was 10 years old. Really? Yeah. yeah. Now, was there a story behind you starting it or did your parents just say it's time? Yeah, my parents just said it's time. We're mm. going we're gonna to get you a bank account. And, uh, yeah. Every time you talk about your parents, you, they, they impress me more and yet you were poo-pooing their existence. Not no, no. I, well, you said I they don't even deserve me. I don't know if I went that far. No, no I, I love my parents. I heard, Come on, you know. I gotta, I gotta rewrite this narrative that I'm the bunch I'm, of hippies. <laughs> no, my parents. What you said it. we parents. lived in a car. You said I, mean, I know was, exactly what I said, but I'm not going to repeat it because it was a dark day in Edmonton talk radio. Uh, <laughs> so I'll leave it at that. But no, love my parents and uh, same bank since I was ten. You have got to understand that your missteps verbally are what drives this show. So keep it up, sir. I know, well, the only thing that keeps them alive is your memories, because I've deleted them from the internet's history. They'll, you'll never find them again. So, so Mrs. Andrews and your mom is Jennifer Aniston, and your parents were basically, uh, you know, not there for you. Low tide. All you're doing is missing out on the podcast revenue right now, because when I delete this clip and it never sees air, and the check is a little <laughs> bit less next week, you're going to be like, "What happened?" And I'm telling you right now, this is why. Well, this is this is like, does CSIS know that you are changing and altering the the written proven record here? Because that's something they should. know. Oh yeah, they told me go for it. They said, "Hey, we we get it. Wow. We know what you did. Don't worry about it, kid." Don Mills Parkway was renamed Darth Vader Parkway in the late '70s. There you go. If Bear is a top three man on your team, you're in big trouble. I don't know. Kulikov, you're right. That was the name, Kulikov. I don't know why people are down on Ethan Bear. He, he's he's good. Like he's he, Health is a problem. He is undersized, but he's a wonderful passer. Uh, I, I think Ethan Bear is... Uh, uh, I think people, uh, when a player leaves, it's often... There's a lot of negative about a player. Ethan Bear is a really good player. Um, he's a good player. I, I think he'll help Washington should he sign there. Was a hippie accident birth? Did I ever tell you the first nudity I ever saw in my life? What the hell? No. No, it's true. Okay. So it's like I'm, it's 1970 and I'm like eight or nine 
and it's the summertime. And so my dad used to yell at the hippies when we passed them on the road. They'd be hitchhiking, and he would he'd, he'd yell at them, and and like he's ah the damn hippies get a job, and then he'd you know shut the window, and I don't know. It just my dad was a great guy, but he did not like hippies. So anyway, we're driving down the road one time, and it's right outside Maidstone, Saskatchewan, just outside, and. Two long hairs, as my dad used to call them. There was hoods, long hairs, and hippies. And he didn't identify them as hippies, but they sure as hell were. And so they're, they're, they're on the side of the road and they're not hitchhiking, but, but the lady is not wearing a top. And my mom goes, Oh my God. And she said, Don't look. You know what you don't do to a nine year old is say, Don't look. Because you know what the nine year old does? He looks damn straight. So I got full frontal. And I, I'll, I'll never forget it as long as I live. Not as long as I live. And and I, I just, I remember saying nothing for like 12 miles. That was the day you realized you didn't want to play with Hot Wheels anymore? <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, I'll never forget that. So thank you, hippie lady. It was uh, quite the deal. That lady went on to become Kim Campbell. What are the chances? <laughs> I don't know, but it, it was 1970 was a strange time because growing up in Saskatchewan, the the hippie movement didn't get there for three years, so that's when it got there. Um, yeah, everything gets to Saskatchewan a little bit later. They just got Facebook like two years ago. It's well, you know, the internet is. is what, what, I don't know if it still is, but the internet towers were still a problem. Yep. Because to build a tower in Saskatchewan, you got to go way up. I have the same bank account since I was a kid. Some cell provider, same die doctor, same doctor, same sports team. I'm super loyal, Lance. Cuddles for Declan, even knowing who Kim Campbell is, if he does. Well, he knows. Declan's a really smart guy. And that's why his, his faux pas are so actively funny, because he's really smart. So when he misspokes or misspeaks, it's funny because it's not coming from a dullard point of view. He's a real smart guy. I think Dreisaitl made a drop pass to a linesman last night or the other day. Would have been a perfect one-timer. He does do that. He does do. He does the dangerous passing when he gets frustrated. Would love to have uh, Bear back on the orders from Mother Seducer. I'd like to see him here, but it won't happen. As an official, going back to one official system is impossible. The game is way too fast, would never happen. That's sort of my my feeling, but I also am not an expert in the field, and I don't pretend to be, so that's not an area I would go to. Where does one go to get a 1440 hat? Declan? Could you answer that for the uh, individual? Yeah, absolutely. So we're not currently selling them. We uh, we are going to have a new new shipment coming in, and I think the plan is to sell them to raise money for charity. Gregor's grads, I believe. Uh, but Connor, every now and then, will tweet out a contest you can win. Uh, a contest, uh, you know, guess the score of the Oilers game, whatever it may be. Uh, follow Connor on Twitter. Follow the Sports 1440 account on Twitter. And uh, there's plenty of information that goes out on there about how to win one of the hats. So you mean we're not responsible enough to be in charge of these damn hats? It's got to be the other show producer? Sometimes Connor lets me actually hand them to the people. But for the most part, he makes the decision. This is getting out of hand, man. You I know. know. You and I have to knock on the door to get in the building. And now this. It's insane. We're people, too. 
Okay, Jason Greger on the way next. This is the Lowdown with Low Tide on Sports 1440. It's the Lowdown on Sports 1440. Alan Mitchell, Declan Kruger. Lowdown is driven by Wolf GMC Buick. Hurry in for GMC's Joy to the Ride event. No payments for 90 days on every new in-stock 2023 GMC and Buick. Ask for details. Plus, get up to $4,000 in Christmas cash. Joined now by our friend Jason Greger. He'll be on the radio at 2 o'clock today. How was your weekend, sir? It's good, Al. It's quite uh, quite nice. I'd like some snow, though. Yeah. Now you're wearing a hat today. How's that going? It's uh, just uh, just about eight weeks and four days. Not that I'm counting now. No, but you didn't get t- you got time off yeah, for yeah. good behavior. Down to uh, it's down to three months. Okay. I mean three months total, but that's still eight weeks. Yeah. yeah. So, so on the scale of it, I don't want I won't, I won't go on long with this because I could tell by your face you're irritated by the questioning, but, (laughs) (laughs) um, on the scale of things that, that you have done in your life that you wish you had not done, where is this? Oh, it might be at the top. Like I'm trying to think, like everybody makes dumb decisions, but this was, this was self inflicted for no reason. There was zero gain. To be had when I when I made it, like that's that's what's hilarious about it. It's um I can't be mad at anyone else. Like no. there's no one else to be mad. Oh geez, I really lost a tough one. No, you idiot. You didn't like. No one even mentioned it to you. You just did it yourself. So yeah, I would honestly when I look back and you know maybe the time like I and I didn't even think about it, but uh, I ran a stop sign when I was younger, got in a car accident. I don't remember like it was not conscious decision to right. do it. Yeah. So that would be the closest thing I could think of. But even that. I don't remember making the decision to do it, so that would probably be wor- less idiotic than this. But I have a theory about this, and I go. I used to tell Bob this all the time. I'd say, you know, be wrong on a trivia question because I think it endears you to people that you're doing this. I'm serious because tendency is when somebody's on the air, then they become an authority figure, and that there's a sense of okay, this person really knows their stuff. If you have a, if you have something that makes you you you. Uh, less than perfect people like that oh maybe but no. I, I think i'm less than perfect in a lot of ways i didn't have to uh, grow it out but <laughs> well the, let's uh, review those what yeah, are they jason yeah. no there's uh, there's many yes um uh patience would be top of the list for okay. sure well um but yeah you know what it's uh it, it does give a lot of laughs to people i like um you know um when I'm, i do the show i don't wear a hat but uh, obviously when i'm out to games or certain places but now everybody's just like can i see it so, you know, you should charge charging, you know. Yeah, yeah, I should. Yeah, but it's uh it is funny um in one sense, but I can tell you it's just and there'll be days when I forget and then all of a sudden I walk by the mirror and I'm just like, god. That's that's where it's tough. So, and I'm not going to laugh anymore. Let's talk about the orders. We talked on Friday about them hey, winning. Jerome and Gillen just walked by. No joke. Really? No, they're here in town. I talked so to them. So, is the he Kings. like he could still play? Like he looks last time I saw him, he looked fantastic. Yeah, I don't know if he could still play. He, no. he definitely dominated men's league, but um, no, they uh, he's in town. It's hockey team. I think they, did, they had a big uh, um, tournament. I ran into him at the Old Kings game. By the way, uh, I know you watch prospects, but uh, Lidstrom mm-hmm. from Medicine Hat Al. Yeah. Why more people aren't talking about this kid yeah. is beyond me. He is a he is six foot three. He's 215 pounds. He is mean. He can skate. He's got an absolute bomb of a shot. 
Like, this is a guy, like, I know there was lots of talk about Bedard and everything, but I'm telling you, I'm not saying he's going to be as good as Bedard, but I'm telling you, anybody out there who is a prospects person should be watching Lidstrom in Medicine Hat. He is worth the price of admission. Within the first two shifts, we're sitting there with, with some of the kids on my team and some of my coaches, and they're just, who's that 28 kid? Yeah. Right? He's that noticeable, and he is an impressive player. I love junior hockey because you get that. You get these stunning talents, and they just stand out that much more yeah. when they're developed at that point. Like, he's everything that, like... When you're that big and you're that, like, he's sick. And I was bugging Jerome. I was talking to him about him. And just, he's like, he goes, yeah, I was never that big. No. Like, Jerome was never 6'3", 215, and he can fly. And he's mean. He's in there. He's sticking guys. And, and then he, anybody who, who was at the game saw his goal. And just, he is a player. Yeah. And uh, When's he's draft eligible? This year? This year. Yeah, he's okay. just 17. Right, like he's uh, it's his second year in the league. Ali's got, what is it? I think he's got 25, 24 goals in 28 games. Like, he is a player, and I'm surprised there hasn't been more talk. And, and, and even for me, I was just like, Gregor, what are you doing? So I'm like, yeah, I'll be following him a lot closer. But, man, when you get to watch certain players live, yeah, it different. really yeah. changes your opinion on them and, and really enforces how good they are. So speaking of watching players live, Pickard, I mean, I thought that was a really interesting game for him to play, number one. I, I think he'd earned a start, and he got it, and he played well. What are we what what are we thinking about this guy now? Like how far does this go? Well, it's one game. I don't I don't put too much stock in it. Uh, look at like he had seven shots in the first 30 minutes. Like in the third period, New Jersey pushed Edmonton was sitting back a little bit, but you know, give the orders credit. Like look at this weekend's games against Minnesota and New Jersey. And like New Jersey in the third period had a big push, but the first five periods of the weekend, the goalies in Edmonton didn't face a lot of rubber. No. And so that, that's a good sign. And, and what you want for your backup, the, uh, the decision to start, and we had talked about it last week, like we made, you could make the argument that it's as close as you can get to a back to back without because it's an afternoon game, right? Yeah, so that's true. it's a little bit less no. time for Skinner. Um, he had played a lot. And so sometimes, if you only play your backup against the worst teams in the league, you know what? Sometimes maybe it's like, hey, guys, we're playing them against New Jersey. A, we have confidence in you, Calvin, that you can give us a good performance. Like, New Jersey came in, Al, fourth high-scoring team in the league, best power play in the league, and the order shut them down. Yep. Right? Like, they had two scoring chances, high-danger chances in the first 40 minutes, and their power play went 0 for 4, and the orders did such a great job. How many times... Uh, Fogel and Brown, did they stop Jack Hughes from wheeling in the neutral zone? Um, you know, Vinny DeHarnay, some huge block. Their, their penalty kill right now, Alan, I crunched all the numbers. The biggest difference on their penalty kill is continuity. Yeah. The, uh, the, they used to rotate in f- under Woodcroft five defensemen because yeah. I was looking at the minutes played per mm-hmm. game. Yeah. And you had Nurse and Cece, but you had Kulak. And he was in there basically the same as DeHarnay and Clefbaum. And DeHarnay talked about how now him and Clefbaum, they know they play together every Everyone, Kulak and DeHarnay play every five to five shift together for the most part, right? Right. right. And you'll get Kulak in if one of the top four guys is you know. You on mean the Ekholm, not Clefbaum, right? Yeah, sorry. Yeah, Does no. say Clefbaum? Yeah, no. uh, Ekholm. Ah, well, Swedes guys. They're yeah, they're tall guys, whatever. but uh, and then you look at the forwards. Um, Yanmark, Warren Fogle, for whatever reason, Alan, you've I've talked about this. In Carolina, he was a really good penalty killer. For whatever reason, Jay Woodcroft didn't use him as a penalty killer. Hardly ever. No. And even this year, he played 19 seconds a game on the penalty kill. Now he's up to over a minute in a bit. And him and McLeod are a duo. You have Ryan and, and, uh, and Ryan, Nugent Hopkins and Derek Ryan. And then you have Brown and Yanmark. And that's what you run. Now McDavid and Drysaddle gets it a little bit because obviously certain face-offs. Sure. But not nearly as much. No. 
right? And Kane's down, David's down, and I think it's great. Yeah, I don't I agree. need my three best forwards on the penalty kill very often. I know Nugent Hopkins is there. Okay, that's fine. You can have one. Other teams do it. But I think that's been the biggest difference on their penalty killers. There's much more continuity in where they're going. And, and it, you know, when you're, when you're dealing with guys who play 24 minutes a night, not having them on the PK for 50 seconds or a, a minute is a good idea, I think. Um, let's talk about that defense because – we can all say by the eye test, like I, DeHarnay, he looks so much more, he's got calm feet and he's great with the puck. Did now. You, I was watching yesterday and every time Vincent DeHarnay had the puck, before it used to be like, oh, he'd get it, shoot it away. It's up the boards and the, now he's, he's taking pass, he's picking it up off his backhand, forehand, boom. Up ice, yeah. right in the in the offensive zone, and instead of just dumping it in the corner like he used to in the first 10, 15 games of the year, now he's like, oh, I look up. Oh, I'm not just going to dump into the corner now. I go across to Kulak or I make a play down low. Like, yeah, it's it's night and day difference when you start to make plays with the puck. And when you're six foot seven, and now you you got a wingspan like the human crane, so you're just out there uh, catching anybody that comes down your wing. He becomes a real formidable player, and and he's he's very still inexperienced now. Like he yeah. hasn't even played seventy NHL games. No, yet. he hasn't. Like you're he's right. twenty seven years of age, and you look at Yanni Hockenpah. And you say, can Vincent DeHarnay, and Hawkenpaw is now 31, mm -hmm. but he came in, look at when he came in, look at their trajectory. He is a top four defenseman in Dallas. You could have Vincent DeHarnay be the guy who eventually pushes out Cody Ceci, because Cody Ceci doesn't bring you a lot of offense. No. He kills penalties, and he's defensive. Well, that's what DeHarnay is, but he's six foot seven, right? And he brings a little bit more of a physical element to the game. And, you know, this is a guy who, like, we talk about draft orders need to, well, there's a diamond in the rough. He's a seventh round selection. Yeah. That and no they one didn't ever even sign about. him to an NHL deal until later. Yeah. So, no, it's, he, he is, if, if this is his progression and big guys like that, Al, it becomes such an advantage because he's mean enough. Right, like he's mean oh, out yeah. there. Oh, right, he he'll is. fight you if you. So he brings elements to your game. But if he's just a penalty killer and a solid five on five guy, because if you're on the penalty kill and you can play against the other team's best players, eventually you're like, well, this guy can play five on five against them. What's yep. the difference? Yep, exactly. And it's you know the the um, we're gonna talk about Campbell in a minute, but but having Broberg playing in the minors because he would play. I think Broberg would play if there was an injury. But playing all the time in the minors for Broberg is Way the best better. possible thing. Let Gleason stay here. When Gleason gets rusty, bring up Hoffenmeyer and let him sit. These six guys are playing well together. There's no reason to pull anybody out. Oh, no chance. Even if Broberg was here, it wouldn't make any sense to do it. And that's why it made sense to send him down there. And I, I, I understand. There's a lot of you know people talk about busts, and I always chuckle about busts. I'm like. You know what? It's he's only was drafted four years, four summers ago. It's coming up. It'll be five yeah. this year, right? Yeah. And if you look, that's still not very long. No. And Philip Broberg, the best thing for him and the organization now is if Broberg goes down there, he's playing twenty, twenty-two minutes a night. He's playing every situation. Now his confidence grows, right? Plus, he gets better by playing. I don't care, yeah. even if it's the American League, it's better than playing seven minutes a night every how many games in the NHL. That even if he doesn't play another game this season, Al, if he dominates. In the American League, you can say, okay, this guy's now ready for the NHL. We'll make a spot for him in the summertime. Yeah, It's exactly. that easy. You yeah. don't need to see. It would be nice, but you don't need to see him. Now, the odds would tell you eventually there'll be a nagging injury here or there for somebody on the back end. And when there is, I, I would guess. Now, if it happened next game and if it's only a one-gamer, I might just play Gleason for a game sure. because yeah. it's one game. Yeah. Right? But 
Uh, other than that, I think, um, you know, and on the road trip, it's probably Gleason because to get Broberg all the way out there, you don't really have a lot of time to do it. So I think this is actually a good scenario when you think big picture for the orders because right now they don't need Broberg. No, on the they back don't. End. They don't. And so I want to ask you about Jack Campbell because there was talk of him being recalled, um, maybe for the road trip. Um, Pickard has sort of. I don't know if he's reset things, but but do you think Campbell's recall is imminent, or do you think they might be a little little less likely to do it now? Well, I look at it. I think Stuart Skinner can probably play the three games at home this week. Mm-hmm. I, I think Stuart Skinner probably plays the next four, and then if it was me, I would play my backup against the Islanders because they play. I think they play the Devils, the Islanders, the Rangers. Yes. If I'm not mistaken. Yep. So I would have Skinner play Chicago, Florida, Tampa, and um, the Devils, and then I would play the backup. Against the rain, against the Islanders, sure, right, and have Stuart Skinner against the Rangers, just me. But they might go the opposite way. Who knows? No, right. There, there's arguments to be made either way. So if you don't call up Jack Campbell by the time you leave on the trip, you're not calling him up. Right. So, you know, again, this past weekend allowed four goals. There's, I think you're at the point now where I understand the finances of Jack Campbell and the minors, but there's two things at play here. Calvin Picker deserves another start now. Yes, he does. It's about earning your spot. His play says, hey, this guy, I don't think Jack Campbell comes up before Christmas, would be my guess now, because I don't see any reason why you would say, well, I guess we got to call Jack up so he can play that game in New York. And meanwhile, you're like, well, Calvin Pickard just played really well for us. So, no, I think you're going to play Pickard then. And the other thing, Al, here is that eventually this becomes, we can't just keep force-feeding Jack Campbell minutes in the American League. If Olivier Rodriguez is outplaying him in the American League, guess what? Yeah, he should play. Then he's got to play more. You bet. You so bet. That's that, that to me is like like Jack Campbell, It I get that he, what he gets paid. At some point, it's like, guess what? Jack, we're going to play you in the American League, but you're going to have to play really well for a long time, and you're going to have to earn a recall. And if Olivier Rodriguez starts out playing you in the minors, well, guess what? He's the next call. 100%. Yeah. So what would you do with Connor Brown, and where would you play when Dylan Holloway? Where would you play Dylan Holloway when he comes back? Well, Dylan Holloway doesn't really play the right wing. So I think his first few games for Dylan Holloway. Now, I wonder if, if now they can't really put him on a conditioning stint because they don't have any room, right? So that's for anybody who's going to ask. If you're on a conditioning stint, you count on the roster. Yes. So the only way the orders could do that, well, they could do it, Al, is if they sent um, Ernie or, or Gleason. Maybe. Well, no, no, you could send Ernie or Gagne, one of them down, right. with Holloway. Gotcha. Oh, no, that wouldn't work. You'd have to send, because right now they have 13 forwards on the roster. So if if you had Holloway on the roster, yeah, he could be down in the minors. So you could send two forwards down. You could send Ernie and Holloway on a conditioning stint, and then you just keep going. That might make sense, right. depending on timeline for uh, for Holloway. Like, I know they said they're hoping maybe before Christmas break. I'd be surprised, but yeah. we'll see. Well, they're winning. There's no reason to hurry yeah. them back. and there's no reason to rush anybody back, yeah. right? And then second of all, I'd probably start him on left wing because he's a natural left winger on the fourth line. But, yeah, like, like Connor Brown couldn't score. But the, here's the thing. Like, Connor Brown's really helping your penalty kill. There's no mm-hmm. arguing there. He's helping your penalty kill. Yeah. Um, he hit the goal post in a game against, was it Winnipeg or two games ago, whichever oh. it was. Then he had the goal called back. Now, granted, it came for me. I wasn't anything special, but still, goal it was called a, back. You, want, you know, if he can score that way. Yeah, if you score that him. way, yeah. great. But it's, yeah. it is obviously, like, I do think if Brown, once he scores once, It'll like it'll be a massive relief. Ryan McLeod said it, and like Brown's up to thirty-seven games now, 
right, since he last scored. Now, obviously, only in Edmonton is 19, but there's the four the year before. Then you go back to another 14 or 15, whatever it is, in uh, 16, maybe even in uh, in Ottawa. So that's a long – and I don't care what the player says. It wears on you. Yeah. 100%. Well, he was relieved when it went in. Oh, yeah. Didn't count, but you could tell that he was like, thank God. Oh, yeah. Like, he said it afterwards. Like, it's at the point now where all you can do is laugh about it because getting mad isn't going to help him. But, like, they play Chicago tomorrow. And if there was ever a team that's leaking goals, they've lost six in a row, the orders are running. I'll say if the orders get up by three or four goals out, I am pumping Connor Brown if I'm Chris Knobloch. And I'm just going to – now he's already playing with dry subtle, but I, might, I might even put him on the first unit power play with McDavid and dry subtle in right. the hopes of trying to get him a goal. Yeah, and that's fair. What's coming up on the show? Uh, we got lots coming up uh, today, actually. we uh, Another month of giving uh, package. Uh, we will have uh, for uh, older fans. This is our first real hockey one, so that comes up today. Uh, also, uh, Andy Petrillo, lots going on in the uh, in the soccer world, Al. Uh, uh, some Christine Sinclair stuff to uh, to get to. Uh, I guess we'll mourn for Blue Jay fans. Uh, no Shohei Otani, um, as that uh, became official on the weekend. Not, not a major surprise, I guess, in a sense, because everybody always thought it was going to be L.A., but disappointing for sure. And um, we will uh, we'll look at the Edmonton orders, Al. Evan Bouchard has a chance to uh, move into second place. Uh, ever on the uh, point streak by defense. But now he's got to get to 28 games to tie Coffee. That's pretty hard to do. But yeah. Coffee had four at 11 games, and uh, Bouchard's already there at 11. Oh. And uh, we are also going to be uh, Connor's. Go- oh, we're going to go to Detroit because it was a crazy weekend for the Red Wings. Good and bad. Was, yeah, it right. Was. Like Larkin gets KO'd on a play that didn't even look that crazy. It didn't. But then you have like I am so tired of the hits from behind no. in the NHL. It's a joke. So we'll talk about that. David Perron, who's never been suspended, loses his marbles. Yes. So uh, yeah, there's lots to talk about around the league. Yeah. Look forward to it. Thank you, Jason. Thanks, Al. Appreciate. Hey, it. what's hey. up with your Eagles? Well, they're they're. They're not 100%, but they're losing on the line. And the Eagles, if they win anything, it's always they, they butcher you on the line, and they're not doing that right now. They need to get healthy, I think. Yeah, that would... And the, the Cowboys are a good team. Ooh. Jeez. Hey, but you that know. NFC, man, those top three teams, like, <sighs> well, it'll be huge if you're first because then you avoid the other two till the final. Well, they, the one thing about the Eagles is they've got a soft schedule. They play the Giants twice. So, oh, yeah, that's I mean, pretty that's much money in the bank. Free bingo card. Jason <laughs> Greger coming up at 2. This is the Lowdown with Low Tide on Sports 1440. MMA next. It's the Lowdown on Sports 1440. Just ahead of Mama MMA with Declan. We're brought to you by Wolf GMC Buick. Man, I love that song. We've got to get, you've got two features now. We need to find a, a way to play Dancing Queen for another one and SOS for another one and maybe the name of the game. That would be like five, four of them around ABBA. Okay. Like that. So we got to work on that. So it's time for my MMA. Before we get there, though, you were talking uh, during that last segment about when Jerome McGinley went by. I want to get this right. Your cousin played his son in a in a game. Yes, that's yeah. correct. When Jason mentioned Aginla walks by, my he so Jerome Aginla. For anyone who doesn't know, he coaches with the Rink Hockey Academy out of Kelowna. They're part of the CSSHL, uh, and my cousin is also in that league. He plays for a different team. He's a goalie for for North Shore Academy. They were here this past weekend for a tournament out at the Twin Rinks Arena at River Cree. So I got to go out and uh, watch my cousin play. And I was looking at uh, the uh, other team's bench, and lo and behold, it was Jerome Aginla standing. Beside, stand beside the other coaches. There, he was uh, leading the charge. His son's on the team, obviously, and uh, his son is his team's leading points getter. So it was pretty cool. Yeah, when he, yeah. when he walked by, I was like, yeah, I know all about that. Yeah, well, I mean, you know, it's pretty. Uh, that's Canada, though, right? Jerome McGinley walks by, and there's Jerome McGinley. 
you know. Yeah, I didn't even see him. I just heard I just heard you guys say it. it well, was, uh, Gregor had the eyes. I was staring at Gregor and his hair. Yeah. So. Uh, anyway, it's time for MMA. Tell us what's going on there, sir. Mama MMA. Well, I mean, listen, this past weekend, an expected result, I think it's fair to say. And I'm going to start things off with the UFC fight night. That was uh, Song Yudong versus Chris Gutierrez. Chris Gutierrez is, you know, he, he's... He's a nice little fighter. He's a top 15 fighter. But I think there was a skill gap that everyone saw coming into this fight. And Song Yudong is a top 10 ranked guy in the world, has fought some incredible competition, and we saw the skill gap here. The final scorecards, 50-44 on one of the cards, 50-45, 50-45 on the other two. It, it was a wipe from start to finish. Song Yudong was clearly the better fighter. I think when you get into that upper echelon, you know, there's a clear skill gap. There's more defensive responsibility. You're not going to have, you know, I think sometimes when you watch prelim fighters or undercard fighters there's a bit of an element of anything could happen because of certain irresponsibilities you don't see that at the top level i don't think as much and song you don't prove that great win for him over chris gutierrez was originally supposed to fight peter yawn on this card peter yawn former bantamweight champion uh all, all the skills in the world hit a bit of a tough stretch here he's lost to some guys who are very clearly better than him. got wiped by marab divashili i think this was going to be maybe a bit of a bounce back fight for him fighting song down in the rank rankings uh couldn't couldn't get it chris took it and uh got wiped a little bit the co-main event though i mean khalil roundtree this is a guy who has lost to some terrible fighters to put it to put it bluntly but he's reinvented his training regime he's gone to thailand he's he's trained muay thai with the ties he's come back and now he's on a a five fight winning streak and has looked incredible doing it. He he knocked out a guy in Chris Dawkins who was a heavyweight coming down to light heavyweight, knocked him on the first round. Anthony Smith was a former light heavyweight title challenger. Now he did take this fight on short notice, to be fair to him, but he knocked him out as well. So, you know, Khalil Roundtree has really wrote the ship a little bit on what his career trajectory was going to be and now he's a real player in the light heavyweight division he's done some great stuff he's going to be a top 10 guy when the rankings come out tomorrow and credit to him he deserves it for the way he's turned his career around yawn to me a very boring fighter is that fair no 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 i think peter yawn is a very exciting fighter and peter yawn you know he has such a the name yawn i know i got it i got it but i'm just you know gonna gonna correct you in case people <laughs> thought maybe you're uh you're watching and they were like oh i'm not gonna check this guy out. peter yawn is a guy who has a good diverse skill set but lives and die with his boxing he was a master of sport of boxing in russia so he's great with his hands but of course this isn't always a boxing match this is mixed martial arts there are a lot of things that go into it his most recent loss against marab divashili marab was constantly pressuring takedowns had him in the clinch didn't get the takedowns all the time in fact didn't score a very high percentage but it's just that threat of takedowns the ability to hold your hold your opponent against the cage do work in that clinch which uh which worked really well for him also in the boxing world this past weekend regis Prograce and devin haney fought for the wbc Junior light or junior welterweight title, 140 pound division. Devin Haney wiped him clean, wasn't even close. And I think some people had questions about Devin Haney following his loss to Vasily Lomachenko. Or, sorry, he actually beat Vasily Lomachenko, but a lot of people thought it was a loss. I even caught myself here just saying it. But he, yeah, he wiped Regis clean. He was going up a weight division. He was going to Regis's weight class, and Regis after the fight because it wasn't even close. I mean, Devin was incredibly defensively responsible. Was pinning him with right hands. The straight right was there all day defense was on point. Regis, after the fight, said, you know, I knew he was good, but I didn't know he was that good. And I think Devin Haney showed there is, in fact, levels to this. He is a level above a lot of the other guys at 140, and he's going to be a player in this new weight division. Yawn, because it like is people yawn when they're bored. People it's, yawn. Well, yeah. just, you know, I, that's why I... I yeah. Is that the end of the feature? Some people... No, I mean, we can keep going. I got a... You know, listen, there's a great fight. There's a great UFC fight 
Fight pay-per-view coming up this weekend. It's the last pay-per-view of the year. They always do it big. We're going to have two title fights. Leon Edwards and Colby Covington in the Welterweight Championship of the World. Lee- Colby Covington is a guy who's gotten the benefit of the doubt a lot of the time. His claim to fame and where he, why he sits where he sits in the Welterweight rankings, I think is because he fought a guy named Kamaru Usman close twice. Kamaru Usman is an all-time great Welterweight. And Colby fought him close twice, which is really his claim to fame. He doesn't have the best wins. He doesn't have a win over someone under the age of 35 in X amount of years. And Leon Edwards beat Kamaru Usman twice. He beat him once with head kick to, to get the belt, and then he beat him in the rematch over in England. Leon Edwards is a guy who, incredible kickboxer, great Muay Thai, but really has a diverse skill set, was able to take Kamaru Usman down. Colby, Colby Covington is going to live and die on his wrestling, his cardio, and his pace in this fight. It's going to be a matter of can Leon keep this fight on the feet because when the fight's on the feet there's a pretty significant skill gap between the two but i mean that's not the only title fight we got alex pantoja who's the flyweight champion in his first title defense against a guy named brandon royval who he's already beat for all the hardcore fans out there you're gonna love this card shavkat rachmanov and stephen thompson two of the best welterweights in the world you're throwing down in this one tony ferguson can he snap the losing streak he's fighting patty pimblett the new kid on the block out of the uk and vicente luque and ian machado gary opening up the pay-per-view so great card in the prelims great as well i won't run through i won't run through all the names on the list but it is a it is a great pay-per-view to end the year off for the ufc a segment that declan's mom gives us all wise advice and we call it does your mother know oh i like that are you open to that would she be open to that and you know she's got to work and stuff so i don't know if she'd well, we be could able have to... we could send her the questions one week and then she could answer them yeah then i know. could come and just read them back and reiterate I'm learning so much about fighting sports there you go well thank you i try yeah i mean you know Ed, if anyone ever wants to if if anyone wants to, you know, text in, I'm more than happy to get into the text line a little bit about this. I know you get, dive into the text line, and, and we get some great stuff from there. This one is obviously a little bit just me kind of rambling, breaking things down. But any questions, any comments, anything you want to debate about, would love to have that as well. Cooking show Jan Can, and his name is Peter Jan. It's Peter Jan and pronounced Pewter, Pewter Jan. There you go. I think if this MMA bit is to survive, it should have ABBA playing in the background from Hacksaw. Here's what I'll tell you about radio. And it's a very important thing that I learned a long time ago. And that is, if the excitement level is enough, and certainly Declan has that, and even though it's it's something of a niche sport, the more you hear about it, the more ingrained it becomes and the more interested you will be. And the next time, because of Declan's verbal, the next time mm-hmm. you see it, even if you're in a bar and you'll see somebody's name and Jan's name is there or Jan's name is there, you will recognize it. That's how we become more aware and then become fans of anything. They used to put basketball, NBA basketball on tape delay because nobody watched it. Now look at the NBA. It's a process. And Declan is moving us into the next century with his verbal, we just have to catch up. It's I'm, all good. I'm doing my part. I'm doing the Lord's work. And I think that this, and this this is a sport that has which, its which, fans, Which right? fighter is the Lord? Is he in there somewhere? Or uh... Off the top of my head, I can't think of anyone who has the nickname the Lord. Who's your favorite MMA fighter? Israel Adesanya. Okay. I flew down well, to Vegas once to watch him name. live. Yeah, and it was a terrible fight. No. But it had a great comment. Did you say, Israel, you suck. I came all the way for this. I didn't, but one guy who was sitting beside us, he said, you know, he was like, at the end of the fight when they were announcing the results, he turned to me and said, we all lost. And I turned back to him and I said, like, I flew down from Canada just to watch this fight. He said, no, you really lost. I really lost. Yeah. Yeah. Um, 
My friend Tim, I won't say his last name because he still lives in the city and I believe is employed. Uh, one time when the Trappers were here, there was a, I can't remember the former major leaguer who was on his way down uh, from the majors and his career was, you know, stumbling, mumbling, tumbling. And he went down behind the dugout and he said, hey, hey, didn't you used to be good to this guy? And the guy was not happy. Um and you know, like you would be. That's not a, a, you know. But it's because we drink beer when we're at ball games. That's why these things happen. Yeah, I'm, I'm beginning to resent this music because I can tell what it is. You used to give me a high sign or something like that. Now it's like, okay, he's out of stuff. His there's no bullets left in the chamber. He's rambling on about friends that he knew 30 years ago. It's time to get him out of here and move on to the next one. Don't you think it sounds so good, though? Well, so, it's it, a good way to wrap it the It just tells people that their suffering is going to be over, and I don't know if I like that. I don't want to warn them that I'm leaving. I just want to be stealth. All right, thanks so much for tuning into the Lowdown. Jason Greger on the way next. Please enjoy your day. Time for a sports update.